You're a jerk, Kurt. <laughs> Jake Allen is going to have a rough stretch at least once, at least probably twice, three times throughout the year. Well, the numbers bear. Gonna... It, it's called January and February. <laughs> you right. can't keep giving up first and second round picks to dump off bad contracts. Eventually, you just have to stop signing those bad contracts. Prospect camp starts tomorrow. Are we going to break down every player? Nope. Oh, those co-hosts of mine. They're just so funny. I'm so alone, and they're so funny. I miss my co-hosts. Eh, you guys are stuck with me. You guys got the raw end of the deal. That really stinks for you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Talkin' Blues Summer Interview Series of Let's Go Blues Radio. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. I know I have. This is Season 7, Episode 6, Franchise Episode number 139. Call things to hit on before we get to our guests this week. Yes, I said guests with an S, so that's exciting right there in itself. As I do every show, I'm going to ask that you subscribe to us on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Plex, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at letsgoblues.com slash radio. And you're probably like, hey Jeff, how can I listen to past episodes? <laughs> Let me tell you. You can go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and listen to past episodes. Uh, you can also check us out on, I, I know, iTunes, I think Google Play, I think all of them have all of our past episodes from the last couple seasons. Uh, if you're looking for some good blues talk, and, and I don't mean to pat myself on the back, which I'm actually literally doing right now, you should check out our show that we had, the live show, right after the Ryan O'Reilly trade and the Bozak and Perron signings. Kurt and Bill joined me, and it was a, we had a pretty good show, I thought. I mean, for us, I guess, it was a good show. I recommend checking that out if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, again, you can go to letsgoblues.com slash radio or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. The July 2nd episode, uh, definitely want to check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, obviously, that was before the Pat Maroon signing, but we get into a lot of the things that happened uh in that first day of free agency, which was a huge day for the St. Louis Blues. Speaking of iTunes, make sure you rate us there. If you uh, if you love us, give us a five-star rating. It's how we can grow. People can find us. Uh, the more ratings we get, the more high ratings we get. But if you hate us, too, go ahead and leave us a review and, and tell us what you think. I would prefer if you left it at five stars and you gave us a good rating, but... I'll let you the land of the free, right? At least it's being recorded in the land of the free. I don't know where you're listening to this. So leave whatever you want. But uh, I prefer if you leave the five stars and help us out there. If you think we're good enough, people might like us. Uh, other blues fans, other hockey fans, uh, that's how you can do it. So we're a free show. That's how you can pay us back. Free show. Remember that. One more note to hit on before we get to our guests this week. The Stanley Ponder Memorial Cup Tournament will be held Saturday, November 17th 
from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. in Queenie Park at Midwest Sport Hockey. That is the inline rink inside Queenie Park. Used to not have a roof for those that remember, but they do now. So no worry about rain or snow that day. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good tournament for those that have never participated. It's not just for hockey players. If you've uh, ever wanted to win a Blues jersey or Blues tickets or Cardinal tickets or just some really cool stuff we've had in the past. We've had a barbecue pit. Uh, we've had hockey bags. I mean, just cool stuff. Uh, so if, you, uh, if you're a hockey fan, you want to watch some bad hockey, come on out. Check us out. It's a good time. It's, it's for a good cause. Uh, it's to honor my father who passed away from leukemia, and it benefits the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, as well as the Be the Match Foundation, uh, which were instrumental in uh, almost saving my father's life back in 2015. If you're wondering what Be the Match is, and if you haven't heard of it, I recommend you check it out because uh, that is uh, for bone marrow. If somebody needs your bone marrow and you're a match, you could save their life like a gentleman in Italy almost did for my father. Um, he got the transplant, just didn't work out in the end. It, it didn't give the result that we wanted, but it, uh, it would have saved my father's life. So it's a, it's a foundation very near and dear to my heart as well as my entire family. Definitely check that out. You might be able to save someone's life if you haven't signed up with the registry already. If you're a hockey player... Goalie spots are all taken at the moment, but we do have about 35 spots left for players. It's individual signups, not team signups. So uh, go on over to dropinstl.com. Go to the 2018 SPMCT Tourney tab. That's a mouthful. And uh, go down to the bottom where it says donate. Click that button, and that's how you pay your entrance fee into the tournament. It's $50 for those that want to play. And again, it uh, goes to paying the rink as well as, uh, obviously, to the charities. Whatever money's left over goes to the charities. So I uh, want to check that out if you can. It's it's a good time. Like I said, November 17th from 2 to 11. The bar will remain open until 1 a.m. For those that want to stick around and have a couple drinks with us. I, I know I'm always one of the last ones to leave. So yeah, great tournament. Kurt usually participates. Bill's played once or twice. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Hope to see you out there. Well, our guests this week are Stephen Ground and Ian Peters from the Two Guys No Cup podcast. They're a relatively newer blues podcast. Within the last uh, year they've started, they're around 50 episodes, depending on when you listen to this show. So we'd talk about the start of their podcast and <laughs> why they think they can get more listeners than Let's Go Blues Radio. We all know that's ridiculous, right? Not so much. We're not, we're, we're not that good. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we discuss the start of their podcast, what uh, differentiates them from the rest of us blues podcasters. And of course, we get into some blues talk. We talk about the Joel Edmondson contract. We talk blues goaltending and just uh, the overall state of the blues after their uh, a big summer they've already had, thanks to GM Doug Armstrong. And we talk about me eating crow with Doug Armstrong, which is uh, a good thing. Trust me, I want to eat crow after all the things I've said. We also just, uh, play the inaugural version of the Bestie Challenge. What is that? 
Well, you'll have to listen to find out. So let's get into it. Here's my interview with Stephen and Ian from the Two Guys No Cup podcast. This is Jeff with Let's Go Blues Radio, the Talkin' Blues summer interview series. And this week I'm joined by the fellas at the Two Guys No Cup podcast. If you haven't heard of them, that is the name of the podcast, the Two Guys No Cup podcast. Stephen and Ian are with me. Ian is a dry cereal eater, so I want to point that out right here at the top. And uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you for having us. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for uh, tolerating my kind. <laughs> you know, you know, Ian, um, I, I got to lead it off with this. Certain cereal, I am a dry cereal eater as well. See, I, that's, I, I think some of them you just need to, but also I'm weird enough that I eat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never had... You've never had milk with any cereal. I, uh, I probably have. I don't remember when it last was, but I probably have. It's like a texture thing. That's my argument. So you I'm guys talked weird, about I'm the weird one. You talked about this on your last episode. What is your favorite cereal to eat without milk? Uh, cookie crisp. I mean, it's just oh. cookies. You're just eating cookies. <laughs> I tell you what. You want to talk about a good hangover food? That's it right there. I believe I, uh, it. I've had uh, we went on a cabin trip and I uh, I had some and yeah this is how we're gonna start the show off here by the way it's a lot <laughs> different than the Chris Kerber interview um, yeah we uh, I brought Cookie Crisp with me it was all I brought and uh, I tell you what I ate almost that entire box the next morning it's something what? about cereals that are just other desserts Reese's <laughs> you know That's Reese's a good point. is great. Uh, waffle crisp, waffle crisp, yeah. <laughs> and I'm with you guys on the people who say Reese's. Those aren't even humans. Yeah, I don't like. I don't. Did you grow up in isolation? Did you not hear anyone else say Reese's? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. So, uh, well, away from the serial talk, you guys just hit 50 episodes. So, congrats to you, and you've been recording for what about a year now? Correct. Yeah, about 13 months, probably. Wow. So uh, let's get right into it. What made you guys decide to start your podcast? Well, we were, I mean, Ian and I have been friends since high school. And so, you know, he, he kind of back in the day got me into the blues. I'd always been sort of a, you know, I was aware, but my my house, my family was more diehard Cardinals fans. So we kind of bonded over over the blues and kind of stayed in touch you know throughout college talking about the blues and when we both ended up back in the area we just started watching games together and you know around around that time probably you know last year a little little further out Ian started listening to some other hockey podcasts Steve Dangle uh, Puck Soup and you know I hadn't really gotten into them yet although I love them both now but he would kept mentioning them, mentioning those, and we just kind of eventually talked about, hey, we both love hockey and talk about hockey all the time. Why not give this a shot? And we put it off long enough, and then kind of got encouraged by Elliot Friedman. Not personally, that would have been pretty cool though. What a <laughs> but he talked about on Thirty One Thoughts how you know, or while well, it was Thirty Thoughts at the time, but how with the expansion draft coming up, it was the perfect time to kind of talk about your team if you were going to do a podcast or something because they expected such a busy summer. And so we kind of leapt in 
with both feet, only sort of knowing what we were doing. So you guys had never had any audio editing experience, anything like that before, or even broadcasting? Not really. I yeah, think wow. No, good for you. That's great. We learned trial by error, and there was plenty of error early on. So. <laughs> now that was us too. Uh, yeah, we uh, we had no idea. We just know that we liked podcasts when we got started. So we said, you know what? Three guys who had never met before, let's go in the same room and record a podcast. And that's exactly what we did. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. I think it's especially interesting that, you know, you didn't know each other before. It was pretty easy for me and Steven. We just sort of like, well, we hang out enough. Let's just put mics in front of each other's faces. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of what we try to do. We try to just, you know, have a conversation that we would normally have sitting on the couch, having a beer. We just put microphones in front of us. That makes for the best podcast, if you ask me. Uh, so um, I do want to ask you guys, how did you come up with the name of your podcast? I think we went through a couple different things that were relatively generic you know i think we had like what blue line or something like that or mm-hmm. you know like just sort of hockey terms and i don't really remember which one of us came up with two guys no cup exactly um you can kind of you know you know you know where it's from or you don't uh <laughs> and uh it fits it fits the team too because i've been able to tell this name to people that have no idea of any reference to anything and they can say oh yeah let's you know blues don't have a cup yet and uh, I think it works as far as if they get a cup, because I say you either call it two guys, one cup, or you just add a portal to the end and be super negative and say two guys, no cups, because it's just one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I uh, let's just put it like this. If you're listening to this at work and you don't know where that comes from, don't use your work computer to look up uh, where that name comes from. Don't use but... any computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clear history. Uh, don't use the computer again. That's kind of the nice thing, as Ian pointed out, is like it, you know, we, it kind of came to us. I also don't remember the exact moment, but we both kind of were like, do we want to do that? And we were like, yeah, it works. And then it's kind of that thing of where either you know what it is and you kind of get the joke, you know, or you're totally blind to it. And that's even better kind of for us. So did you guys uh, grow up playing hockey at all? I did a very little bit. It was street hockey more than ice hockey, but I was a goalie for a while for kind of a neighborhood hockey team. And then yeah, um, I, I oh, can't skate at all. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Playing, yeah, street hockey and shoes and everything like that. So, uh, where did you guys grow up? Uh, we're both from the Baldwin area, met at Parkway South, represent. You don't, you don't have to say that. No, you don't. We're not, <laughs> we're not that proud of it. But <laughs> uh, I think Parkway South was one of the few schools that my um, my hockey team when I was in high school beat. Stomp so, the trash out of that seems about right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were a very bad team, but we were always better than Parkway South. Parkway has produced a lot of talented athletes, and Parkway South has produced a couple of world tournament, world poker tournament players. That's right. <laughs> Don't you forget it. I was going to say, that's the only thing I remember us producing. <laughs> hey, that's good. I mean, that's big money makers there. There you go. Uh, so do you guys listen? Yeah, I know you mentioned earlier, you listened to Steve Dangle and a couple other podcasts, but since you've started, have you been listening to other podcasts to draw inspiration 
or um, is it just kind of like I, I know a couple podcasts just say I don't listen to podcasts because I don't want to steal from anyone else. So so what uh, what's your view on that? Um, I'll be honest. I like listening to a bunch of sort of maybe like national or large uh, hockey podcasts just to kind of get uh, take some of what they're sort of looking at in terms of news and other teams just to sort of get a feel for stuff. But I've actually tried to go ahead of my way to not listen to too many blues ones. Not I try and give them each kind of a little try just to get a taste of what, you know, hosts are like and who's out there. But yeah, I really don't want, I, I guess I don't want to steal anything from them necessarily, or, you know, sort of become them or say, we don't want to do this. We want to do that. I kind of just want it to be personally, just me and Steven doing what we do. And if it so happens to be what other people do, cool. If it's not cool, but I've always just thought if I'm, I'll try and abstain from like the uh, blues hockey podcasts as far as like listening every week or, you know, going into it deeply like that. Yeah. I'm about the same spot. I mean, I think I, I love, you know, all of the blues podcasts, really. They're all great and they all kind of bring their unique take and different voices, which I really like, but you don't want to, you don't want to have five, six, eight, however many podcasts all saying the same thing the same week. So we kind of try to, you know, support them on Twitter and listen occasionally just to see what's up, but never want to just, you know, unintentionally or intentionally steal anything from them. But yeah, we also, I definitely listen to, try to listen to Puck Soup and 31 Thoughts at least every week because I don't want to miss big national stories that we want to talk about because we try to keep a healthy balance of talking blues and talking, you know, the league as a whole, obviously more of a blue emphasis, but we like to have both angles covered. So you guys obviously don't listen to let's go blues radio because you'd be too intimidated to listen. That's to what it show. is really. Yeah. I mean, I you're probably like half, right? <laughs> like, man, that <laughs> is yeah. as hell. Like, ooh. I think especially when we started, there was a lot of truth to that just because, you know, we were fledgling, didn't know what we were doing, and didn't want to hear you studs of the industry who <laughs> had it all figured out and, you know. <laughs> all figured out. Oh, yeah, my. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the curtain has been pulled back. It's just a guy with a bunch of levers now. <laughs> well, I appreciate the compliment. I was trying to be funny, but now I still like a douchebag. So. <laughs> <laughs> That was our goal, I think. <laughs> uh, so uh, if if somebody hasn't listened to your podcast, uh, what, I mean, I know you guys say that you try to be different. What do you think you do differently than other uh, podcasts, whether blues related or not? It's a really good question. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with just knowing each other so well. Um, I think we just kind of have a natural chemistry that we sort of have just fallen into you know through being friends for nearly a decade now probably over a decade I don't want to think about that but um but yeah I mean as far as what we do uniquely I don't it's not unique but I think we we take great care to really prepare and really take you know extensive notes so that we know what we're talking about and and like I said one of the things we do want to bring is not a national focus but just you know there if there are people who really follow the blues intensely and don't know anything about the rest of the league. We kind of like to open their eyes a little bit because we just love hockey wherever it's played as much as we love the blues. I'm sure Ian can point out more things than I just did. (laughs) (laughs) No, we nailed them all. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I guess it's, I'm sure everyone that does a Blues podcast is passionate. I think it's just our passion for the team. And I think passion isn't necessarily just a vanilla thing that covers what everybody feels. You can kind of feel it in different ways. Um, I know lots of Blues fans, I'm sure, are very uh, pessimistic. And we most certainly are as well. Um, we try we try and keep it light, try and joke around a lot with it, you know. There's some serious topics here and there if you're talking about concussions or fighting and things like that. But generally, we just try and poke fun at ourselves and poke fun at players. I mean, I think we have a few nicknames for people that I don't know if they'd ever catch on or anything. But they're just they're silly, they're dumb, uh, they're they're just something where we just kind of are always thinking about um, how to make the sport sort of fun and entertaining. Not that it isn't already, but you know, it's an hour normally two hours of two guys just talking hockey at a certain point even if we try to keep it together we end up just kind of unwinding at the end and just laughing for the last like 30 minutes so i think that kind of helps it's sort of you slowly uh go down the uh crazy rabbit hole that is our psyches going back and forth with this team yeah i think that's really the big thing is our unique brand of weirdness that's what's really unique <laughs> It's, it starts tight, but it gets weird. <laughs> um, so this is probably more of a question for Ian, because, Stephen, you already kind of answered this. Because he's much uh, smarter than me. That, too. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I think anyone who listens to your show knows that. Oh, it's pretty um, apparent, yeah. <laughs> I'll take the compliment, um, but I feel weird. <laughs> uh, so, Stephen said you, uh, you, you said that you uh, really kind of became a Blues fan because of your friend Ian. So, Ian, how did you become such a big Blues fan? Um, man, I remember my first Blues memory was going to, and I'm not even remember the year. It might be like 2001, 2002, um, when the Blues were in, I want to say it was like round two, and they swept the Dallas Stars. I think I was at game three or four, um, and I remember people with brooms and everything. Our, my dad took me, and we took another friend, and, it was a ton of fun, and I had no idea what the hell was going on in the ice. Like, period. I just remember being real loud and almost kind of being like, "I don't. I hope the Blues don't score because that loud, like the loud noise, are like too much." <laughs> um, but I, I followed them a little bit throughout middle school. They didn't do overly great. I think I sort of fell off a little bit into high school. But um, it was oh eight oh nine when that team that really had no business making a late half season playoff run did it, and uh, they kind of took me along for the ride and i've went to a couple games in high school different um different student nights and i got a tickets to game four i think and we just got obliterated by the canucks like i mean they'd be close games but like they it was no yeah i have no idea why the blues ever looked like that close because they beat us like three to two i think it was an overtime game in game four but anyways that playoff game was insanity that was the first playoff game i really remember going to and I was hook, line, and sinker. I, like, I went to college the next year, and I followed the Blues the whole time I was up in Minnesota, and I followed them when I came back here. And I don't know what it is, but I still tell people if you want to get into hockey, um, bring somebody to you know bring them to playoff hockey because it's it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Yeah, I think we've said that exact same thing. Uh, really, just any hockey game in general. I think you you take them live to the event, and I think. Mm-hmm. It's so different than watching it on TV. And it's just I can t- say, this is the best live sport there is. Mm-hmm. I can tell you from experience that when you take a friend who knows very little about hockey to a Blues 2-0 shutout loss to the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers, that does not work as well. But 
the principle is true. <laughs> Michael Neuver was in that. I bet uh, he was. You have to, you have to tell <laughs> that too. I know the, the exact game. wasn't that good. <laughs> but we I remember score. the exact game you're talking about. <laughs> oh, we, we both went to this game. My dad and I have like, we started doing 12 game packs. We'll do like the little value ones. So you play. It's all Eastern Conference teams or like the Coyotes and stuff. And Steven had another friend, and they were sitting like a couple sections over. And I know you're that's far away, but I swear I could look over there, and it was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I picked this kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Uh, so, um, so you guys kind of talked about uh, ENU specifically, the 2009 team. But um, if you were to consider, like for me, I'm I'm 33 years old. My heyday for Blues hockey was right around Ian probably when you got started into it. You mentioned the 2001 sweep of the Stars. To game four I was at, my favorite game I've ever attended. Uh, so that's kind of my heyday. My heyday is is Pronger, McKinnis, uh, Turgeon, Drake, Young, that whole team, Kachuk. What do you guys consider your Blues heyday? Well, I think we all hope our Blues heyday is in front of us, but um... – <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking from, you know, from what we have in the past, I I would say, you know, the the Bacchus era is kind of where where we where I began at least the, you know, Johnson draft and everything. So, you know, really the pinnacle of that kind of era of the team, I would say would be that 2015 run through the Blackhawks and Stars and ultimately losing to the Sharks. So, that's probably the pinnacle, the heyday, as you said, but kind of that whole era was really where we, you know, where I became, went from being kind of a passive fan to being the kind of insane person that starts a podcast. I would say that team right before the uh, 15, 16 team, when we still had Oshi, I think that we have Latera at the time too. Still, it was like a weird yeah. amalgamation of a team. <laughs> and I, for some reason, that was kind of the end of the like 0809 team with those younger guys on it. And I was always like, I know that team's not necessarily good. I think what they lost the wild the year before in the first round, Mike Yo's wild. Yeah. Um, but I always wanted that team for some reason to win the cup. For some, it was you still had Oshi, you had Berglund. You, I wasn't quite, um, I still liked all those players still. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I want this team to win so bad. And that to me, that's always, yeah, Bacchus, Oshi. For a long time, there was that, what, Steam Bacchus, Oshi line that was just a nuts two-way line. I was like, wow, I really want this team to win. That was such a polite way to phrase that again. Mm-hmm. It was. You're welcome. I'm impressed, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, so you guys follow, obviously, a lot of blues people, um, so besides myself and Let's Go Blues Radio, who is the best blues Twitter follow? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Steven, the floor is yours. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, man, that's a tough question. I mean, there are so many great ones. Um, I mean, you know, you know, obviously you guys like Fabry's hair and art have are the are the standard bearers for Blues pessimism, which we all have from time to time. I'm trying to think of a fun one, though. I love Panger's stool. He's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know who the man behind the account is, but I love the account. That's a lot of fun. And we have folks who aren't necessarily 
the biggest in the blues Twitter world who we just have had a relationship with since early on in the podcast days that we like a lot as well. Ian is really the Twitter expert though. So oh, I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, oh man. I don't know. I'm always, I'm, I like all those guys. I like, yeah, Panger Stool. I'm trying to think of somebody. We've got, there's a few that kind of cover like a bunch of sports or, yeah, sort of different teams they might like outside of the city that are pretty fun. Tony um, X is great. He's Tony like X is a, good. Yeah. He's like our celebrity now at this point, but he's pretty witty. I like I'll, him. I'll say Steven covered the, uh, the blues people. I'll say I kind of like Dave Lozo off of Puck Soup. Is pretty good. Every so often, he's got really just nasty cynicism that I that I can align with. <laughs> All right, so let's get into a little blues talk. Uh, so Joel Edmondson signs his one year, three million dollar deal relatively recently. Keep in mind, we are recording this right at the end of July, so this is the dead days of hockey. <laughs> uh, but Joel Edmondson's kind of the biggest news to come out of the Blues in the last couple weeks. Uh, how do you what think? What an insult he- to Kateri Lindbaum. Oh yeah, but Terry Lindbaum going. That's I guess that's kind of sort of thing. How do you say goodbye in Swiss? <laughs> uh so how do you guys think the defense looks heading into the season? Uh, I think it's looks strong. I think it's, you know, the question mark is the third pairing. I think we're pretty confident, barring any sort of mega trade that keeps swirling in the rumor mills that the top two lines will be some combination of Petrangelo, Dunn, Pareko, and uh, Edmondson. And so I think that looks great. And then I think, you know, if Bomeister and Gunnarsson can come back healthy, I know both of those guys take a fair amount of flack from Blues fans and with some good reason, but if those guys are healthy and that's your third pairing, that's kind of a an embarrassment of riches. And then, you know, if not, we still have guys like Schmaltz and, and um, Wallman and, and Mikola and, and Reinke and other people who could potentially fill in. Don't you forget Robert Bortuzzo. Oh, Robert Bortuzzo. I did. I honest to God forgot him. So, I mean, yeah, if he's your seventh legitimate seventh defenseman behind those guys, it's not flashy, but man, it's, I mean, it'd be the envy of a lot of teams. I would think to have that defensive core. Mm-hmm. I wonder about Schmaltz. We talked about on our last episode, still not signed an RFA. I'm guessing he's wants a one-way deal. I'm guessing that's what it is. You're 25. You got drafted in 2012. I'm guessing he doesn't want to be in the AHL. Yeah. I don't know what the blues do with that. I would not be surprised to see him traded and, not to go off into this subject, but there's, you know, it makes sense with that, all of that in mind, why Pareko's name keeps swirling in the rumor mill, because as great as he is, we have so much depth there that it is something of a surplus. Yeah, I agree. And and I think uh, something we've talked about on our show is uh, not that the Blues would ever make a deal with the Blackhawks, but I think it's always been kind of in the back of people's minds that, uh, Schmoltz grew up a Blackhawks fan. His brother plays there. Um, that might be a very real possibility. That's where he wants to go. So he could be a guy that's on his way out as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I agree that we would never do it just for appearances, but I would not like be devastated if they gave us a third or a fourth for Schmaltz because I don't think he's the kind of player that's going to stab you in the heart for years to come. But like you said, probably, probably pretty unlikely. 
Yep. So are you guys believers in Jake Allen uh, bringing it all together and and actually showing he can be a starter in the NHL for a full season? I'm going to start with just saying no, but we'll, we'll, we'll work we'll work our way back. We'll work our way into something nicer. Um, I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so because I'm really interested either way. Either he proves he can be more consistent, and his the sports psychology, quote unquote, that is or isn't going on currently, uh, is going to help, or or he's the same, and I have no idea what this team does with them um it's i don't want to be in that position but i'm also kind of like morbidly intrigued like i I have no idea what this team's supposed to do then um but i think he'll i think he'll be better i think he kind of knows he's a clear-cut number one i mean he was last year and then hutton got kind of hot kind of hot very good very hot um (laughs) and sort of pushed him sort of the side when he was when he was struggling there but i don't know if that's in Johnson Johnson's makeup. So I think it's it's Allen Allen or nothing. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything Ian said. I wrote something recently about Jake and look looking at the numbers, this is I mean, this has just been a pattern the whole time. And there's a lot to like about, you know, I've I've rediscovered through that process that he just won goalie of the year honors at pretty much every level of hockey until the NHL. So there's a reason he was so highly touted, but as Ian said, I feel like we're on a knife edge where if he figures it out this season and is strong, great, but if he crumbles again, it's just totally, you know, damaged goods at that point. I don't think there's really any way back from that. And so I think you find yourself in kind of a situation the stars had with Kari Lettinen where it's like, Oh, this really didn't work out, and now we have to pay another, like, starting goalie salary and, and lock up $10 million between our two goalies, and that's not an enviable position at all. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there that, like, hate Jake Allen. We didn't, I mean, I think we can speak for all this. We don't hate Jake Allen at all. It's just super questionable he's, goaltending. I'm sure he's very kind and polite. I have yeah, no exactly. will well to him personally, but, yeah, it's just – it's too much to, you know, if it's a third year in a row and really a fourth year looking further back, it's just, you can't do it. I mean, yeah. we can't be a, a contender if he's a flight risk, pretty much. <laughs> well, I think of like someone like um, Braden Shen, who has two years left on a really nice contract. You can't waste a year of Braden Shen on a nice contract to a goalie that's like, uh, eh, here or there. Now, granted, this team could score a lot more, like 100% to help support them. I just still think there's a question mark with him. I think it can be both, you know, and we kind of Armstrong went out and addressed that scoring. You know, it hasn't shown up yet because we haven't played any games, but the, the names are there. The historical production's kind of there. Jake, it, it's kind of, you know, just going on a hopes, I guess, you know, crossing your fingers a little bit, but hopefully he starts out hot. I think starting out hot would help us, would help him a lot. So you get you just kind of mentioned it, Ian. Uh, leading into the next question, you're so good at segues. Um, I try. I can't balance on them though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who can? Who can? Except, <laughs> um, but uh, the the Blues have made a lot of moves. Uh, Doug Armstrong went out and has uh, really completely remade this offense. Um, I, I know that the answer might be, you know, that just overall this is the best thing he could have done, but. If you're looking at one acquisition that he's done this summer, and this question is for both of you, uh, who do you think that acquisition is? 
to uh, to to really push this team offensively? I mean, the easy answer is Ryan O'Reilly, I think, because he's the the hallmark name. Um, I I I like really what all four of the big you know forwards he brought in bring. I think the thing we needed most is maybe what Pat Maroon offers, in the sense that we really. You know, when, when Brower and Backus left, we really lost that size and grit. And I think Maroon offers, obviously, a ton of size, a ton of physicality. But, you know, much like Backus, doesn't just become a dog in the offensive end. And I think, and I know he's been a bit of a of a whipping boy for the Blues in the past, too. But I think David Perron offers a lot of that, not in the sense that he's really big, but he's just such a pest on the ice and on the four track. And yeah, he draws some stupid penalties from time to time, but he's, he, you know, he's in the opponent's head and under their skin all the time. And I think the combination of both of those guys really make us, you know, a harder team to play against. I think that's something the blues really lacked last year is I don't think any team came into the erstwhile Scott trade center and thought, man, this is going to be a horrible night. And I want them to think that now. You don't think Tyler Bozak's going to make them feel like it's a horrible night? <laughs> I love Tyler Bozak. I really like that signing. Yeah, I do too. Being cool on it. I think he's going to be the one people forget about. I mean, they probably already sort of have. Um, I think he's a really good third line center. I'd like him to play that so long as we keep O'Reilly and, and Shen both at center. Um, I think he's the type of guy that fits really well with like a Steen too. Maybe just like the ex-Maple Leaf connection, but I think that's those are two guys that I think will feed well off of each other. And then I think you could throw in like a Fabry too for a third line. And yeah. that's, I think that's a, a quietly dangerous third line. I think Bozak is going to surprise some people. He's not, uh, I don't know. He's not crazy good defensively necessarily. He's not like your best two way forward, but I think he has a little, a little flash, a little poise in the offensive zone that people are going to be a little surprised by. Yeah. And I think just, they're not really signings so to speak, but I think the additions of, Presumably Robert Thomas and then Robbie Fabry. Um, you know, I think Ian and I are cool, cooler on Robbie Fabry, not personally, but just because of the injury than maybe any other Blues fans. <laughs> but if he can come in and make any kind of the impact he made two years ago, and if Thomas is as good as he looks, or, you know, let's say Kyrou takes the spot, either one, that's just, I mean, that's a completely overhauled forward group from what we had last year. It's really impressive what Doug Armstrong pulled off this summer. Yeah, you're telling me I've been his biggest critic, so it's been nice <laughs> eating crow for a summer. How many yeah, I mean, we all did it. I mean, we our Twitter account, it's still out there. We were pretty hard on him even while we was signing Perron and, and yep. Bozak, and then you know it flipped just like the lights went out when he made the O'Reilly deal. Yep. Yeah, I tell you that first that first incoming Perron signing, re 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 signing or whatever was like really. I like they were prominent. This is going to be our day. I was I, like I, Sunday's over. <laughs> I told this story um, on the podcast, but we had a uh, I, I play Sunday hockey, and I show up to the locker room probably twenty minutes after the Perron signing was announced, and everybody was just. When are they going to fire Armstrong? You got to fire Armstrong, right? You can't let this keep happening. And then, the, then when we got done with our game, they signed Bozak, and it was like, well, here's here's the Blues' day, Bozak and Perron. How great is this? 
and everybody was down. And then when the O'Reilly trade happened, everybody gets on a group text. Oh my God, we're wrong. We're all wrong. <laughs> it's amazing how just adding him, not just because he's a, a great player, O'Reilly, but how he kind of pushes other guys sort of down the lineup to help him slot in better. All of a sudden, you know, Tyler Bozak, like, oh, I can see that. You know, he's not playing second line center, you know, right away or something like that. Well, and I think that that also adds in the fact that we don't have to watch Vladimir Saboka and Patrick Berglund on the second power play unit oh, this year. That's true. Yeah, I think we were kind of silently blind. You know, we talked about it, but I don't really realize if as, as a community we realize just how anemic our forward group was last year, especially after the Stasny trade. Yeah. And then you add literally four guys through trade or free agency plus a rookie plus, you know, an injury returning and you're like, that's great, but it's not a good sign for last year. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we we just brought up the Saboka and Berlin heading to um, heading to Buffalo. Now, I think everyone can agree that the Blues have improved this summer. I don't think anybody would would argue that. But do you guys see any issue? I mean, you look at the bottom six. Uh, Berglund and Saboka were kind of your your top minute getters. Uh, and you know, let's face it, they were penalty killers. They were playing in defensive situations. Saboka, a good face-off man. Um, do you have any worry that the bottom six is going to suffer without either of those guys out there? I'm Try really, and be positive. Know, I'm, <laughs> I'm really glad you asked that because I think the the easy temptation is to just crap on Bergwind and Saboka, and I think. It was well timed that they both left St. Louis, but I don't think I think they bring some value to Buffalo, especially the team in the position that it is. Um, with that said, though, I think the profile of the guys we brought in, especially Bozak, um, O'Reilly, is one of the best defensive forwards in in the hockey. And again, Perron, despite his. Uh, you know, his predisposition to take some dumb penalties. Uh, as long as he's not the one in the box, he can be a pretty good penalty killer as well. And so I I think we address that. Uh, if, I, if I'm worried about a weakness, I'm more worried about the power play because while I really like O'Reilly um, and I think he brings something to the power play, he's not necessarily an elite offensive forward. And so... I'm not sure how much better we are there, but if Thomas plays a role and O'Reilly play a role, and like you said, replacing Saboka and Bergwin on the second line with, let's say, even you know O'Reilly and Perron, that seems like a huge step up. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can argue with that. <laughs> uh, so we talked about Braden Shen already a little bit, but I want to get your opinion with the roster shakeup, with him not expected to be the only guy with Tarasenko and Schwartz, um, do you see him coming out and still having another strong campaign, or uh, do you think he maybe takes a step back this year? Um, last year, I really thought Braden Shen was going to disappoint most fans. I was trying to be kind of lukewarm on him coming in because I really was like, well, they played him at wing a lot in, on uh, Philadelphia and he's coming here and he wants to be center and that's great, you know, um, but I don't know if he had the ability to, so I was absolutely floored when he started out the way he did and I mean pretty much continued through the whole season, maybe a little light at the end of the season, but pretty amazing overall. I'm hoping 
for some of the same. I'm I would guess there might be a few you know points here and there that he's going to be missing by the end of the season. But now I kind of shifted that feeling to like O'Reilly. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to calm down on O'Reilly. We'll have to see how well he does. You know, I don't know. But I think Braden Shen, so long as he's with Schwartz, I mean, I'm sure he pairs with some other guys on this team pretty well. I think those two are are a pairing that can't be matched easily defensively in this league. And I think if you throw someone like Perron with them too, who can be kind of a pest, I think that's a really, really strong first line, second line. Um, I think even if he doesn't do overly well on the ice, Braden Shen has shown that he's kind of a leader in the locker room too. I think that's invaluable to have in a team that prior to him coming here seemed kind of lost leadership-wise a little bit. You know, not not trying to hyper harp on a Petro or anything like that, but I think he helps kind of this forward group um, with Steen, with a few other guys, especially losing leaders who are like Stasny and guys like that. I think he's invaluable, even if he's not scoring points for this team. Yeah, I agree. I also think, you know, it's not necessarily reasonable to expect 70 points again. And I, Is that what it was? Yeah, I think wow. it finished right at 70 because he had kind of a flurry late, but Okay. You know, if he if he if he has, let's say, even if it's as low as like fifty five, I think it's important to remember that that doesn't inherently mean he had a worse season. You know, with the with all the forwards coming in, you're not just going to score a hundred and fifty more points or whatever they add. Technically, you know, they're gonna, you know, that's gonna just spread out a little bit. And as long as he maintains the chemistry with Steen and like or with Schwartz and like Ian said, the leadership. You know, I th- I think he'll have a really strong year as long as he's healthy and and even if it's not seventy points, it should still be a huge benefit to this team. Yeah, I think Kim with Schwartz is a good chemistry. I think a point too is this team might start out slow overall with just so many new bodies. Um, yeah, I don't know if you remember what was it the twenty fourteen fifteen season? Is that when we signed Stasny that summer? We had Stasny, we added Latera, we added. Uh, one of the many Lindstroms from Sweden. <laughs> and, uh, Lindstrom. Yeah, exactly. And uh, everyone was so hyped. I was super hyped about these guys. And they came in and they looked good, but they pl- they played really weird for the first like five or ten games. I think they played a little loosey-goosey, thought they could kind of do a lot of drop pass and stick handling and obviously Hitchcock hates all that. So, um, <laughs> but, it was, but it was weird to see because I think I went to the first game of the season and I think that's the most rowdy I've seen a crowd in terms of like against the Blues. They were like, I don't know what the hell this team's doing. Like they looked like they'd never played a game together, and they really hadn't played a professional game yet. Um, so I think there might be a little bit of a slow start, including Braden Shen with this team. But I think if people can stick with it, I think this team's built for the long haul. And the good news is, after this week, all Braden Shen has to do is outperform Tom Wilson to prove he's worth his con. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and let, let you guys like talking all NHL. Let's talk about that. What What are your thoughts on the Tom Wilson contract? So this team, you can tell I want to talk about this. This team <laughs> has slowly been signing players in the sort of like cup of like I don't know hangover. We're like, oh, we'll just bring this guy back. We'll bring that guy back. That's totally fine. We just want a cup. It doesn't matter. Like people are, it doesn't matter. We like have money. We're printing money, and I think they should bring back Tom Wilson. But this was the first step where I was like, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> like what? What's that? Like it's it's almost August now. It's time to wake up. Like you have to play next season too, and you have to pay him for six more seasons. Oh no. Steven can talk about the logistics, but good lord, I don't know, man. It's... Yeah, I mean, this is one of one of my fears that the Blues ever win the cup that it just becomes 
you know, all those people won the brought the first cup to St. Louis, and so they're all gods here forever, and they can do no wrong. And and listen, I'll, I will love every player that brings a cup to St. Louis, but man, I think I was even kind of kind of caught in the um, in the post cup drunkenness because I texted Ian because at first I saw six years and I was like oh that's not going to be good and then I saw the number and I was like that's not terrible and the more I thought about it I was like no that's really terrible (laughs) it's just like you know I mean we saw Ryan Reeves get almost six million over two years and we love Ryan Reeves he's obviously behind your head there on the wall but like um he's you know this that's just kind of a dying art in the game and Tom Wilson poised it at a high level to be that kind of agitator enforcer, but oh, that's going to look so painful in six years. Really, <laughs> honestly, you, two or three. Have you seen that stick figure meme they have of like a number eight, like Ovechkin stick figure going, I made this holding the cup, and they hand it to a 43 Tom Wilson stick figure, and he stares at it and says, I made this. And they're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. You were a yeah. part of it, but and I don't that, know. And that's the weird thing. I mean, you look at the Capitals, you know whatever four or five months ago people aren't calling on them to win the cup you know it's not like they have this dominant team they're still in a conference with toronto and tampa bay and you know and other teams so it's like i don't know if you were a good enough team to just reload the exact same team and keep winning cups that's so. a good point yeah it's, i mean uh i remember the the kings did that uh 13 2013 they they started re-signing all those guys. Marion Gabrick comes to mind as an awful contract. Dustin Brown. Um, and oh. they, just, they just kept shelling out these contracts. And it's like, yeah, I get you want to keep these same guys, but you can't give them five, six-year deals. They're not those type of players. Mm-hmm. Dustin Brown's – that contract's probably a really good comp for, for the um, – for the Washington Wilson contract, totally blanked on his name, which probably isn't a good sign. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you look at him as like, oh, he's a he's a physical leader on our team. He's great. We need him. And then three years later, you're taking the C off his chest and wondering when will this contract ever end? You know, and it's rough. It's bad. <laughs> so, kind of uh, going against the the Capitals this year was the. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, what do you expect from them in their second season? Uh, go ahead, Ian. I would say flip a coin. I, have no, I still have no idea. I still yeah, have no idea. I think that's totally true. I mean, we had we had no no reason to expect what they did this year. If I had, you know, if I, speaking in Vegas terms, if I had to put money on it, I would expect them to be a much worse team. Because you don't I think, think William Carlson's going to score 42 goals again? With a shooting percentage of 112? No. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I will say that if William Carlson got as many as 27 goals next year, I'd be floored. But I just think, I mean, Stastny was a good addition for them. They're overpaying him, but they have money to overpay people right now. They kept um, Flurry. So there's some pieces there. I don't think they'll just fall off the table, but I think so much of what propelled them last year was, you know, the magic. And I know that's kind of a cliche, but just the the magic and then the the internal kind of feeling of being an underdog and, and the island of misfit, misfit toys narratives. And I just don't think you can propel that when you were, you know, three games, two games away from winning a Stanley Cup. And as Dave Lozo pointed out repeatedly on Twitter, they let Imagine Dragons play uh, 
to open one of their games and they haven't won a game since. So we'll see how soon they break that curse, but it <laughs> might take a while. Imagine Dragons will never be allowed in any sports venue ever again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you one more question about, uh, well, this is more about jerseys. Uh, third jersey for the Blues is about to come out this year. Uh, do you expect it to be the the Winter Classic? I know that uh, Jeremy Rutherford came out and said he thinks it will, but uh, there's been some chatter that Adidas is going to try to make it their own. What do you guys expect in the third jersey? I'm. I think it'll be the same general design, but I think the fact that it's Adidas, they'll you know, there's an extra stripe here, or they'll do whatever they did with all the jerseys now, or they kind of have like that sort of breathable looking shoulder to all of them. Uh, I personally, as someone who already owns the Winter Classic jersey, hope they're slightly different because that will actually force me to buy one. Not that I want them to take my money necessarily, but like, okay, another thing to collect. Um, if they're exactly the same, I'll be. I think I'll be a little disappointed if they're exactly the same. Yeah, I think one thing I was thinking about recently is I wonder, I think the color scheme will be all but identical to the winner. Oh, yeah. Um, because it was awesome. I mean, it was very popular for a reason. They really knocked it out of the park on that. But I would be, you know, it would be interesting to see when they did the last third jerseys, they were such a departure from what we had seen before. So I was, you know, even if you took the the crest from the previous third jersey and put it on the sky blue or something, it'd, it'd be interesting to see if they made it a little more different than we're expecting. But for the most part, I think it'll probably be the same because they like to make money and they know those sold like hotcakes. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I, I've never thought that there was going to be a huge variance between them because it's just, how can you? Those things were selling like hotcakes and people loved them. I mean, I think, were they not even rated by someone? One of the best winter classic jerseys of, of, I mean, since they started. So I, yeah, I, think yeah, so. I, I just think uh, there's no way they, they veer away from it. So we are going to end um, my interview with these two gentlemen in a new fashion. We're going to have something we're calling the Bestie Challenge. I hope you guys are ready for the Bestie Challenge. Oh, so ready. I, I hope you're ready to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> um, sorry, Michael Scott just came through my uh, my, my office here. The Bestie Challenge, what we're going to do here, uh, for those that, that know, we love to play trivia on Let's Go Blues Radio. So on uh, this one, we're not going to do the normal trivia. We're going to have Ian and Steven try and basically be on the newlyweds game uh, where I'm going to ask them a question about the other person, and they have to see if they can guess exactly uh what the other person will say and this is not multiple choice so this should be interesting so we're going to start uh and I, the way that they're going to work is you guys are going to text me so uh do not give my number out over the air because i know that all these crazy let's go Blues radio fans won't leave me alone if that happens they can just hit us up on twitter and for the right price you know <laughs> Damn it. I hate you guys. One, 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 one. one, one. <laughs> Just keep guessing. Uh, all right, so we are going to get started. And Ian, I'm going to ask you a question first. What is Steven's second favorite NHL team? Oh, he's going to know this. That's. Hmm. I'm not quiet about it. Good. I'm going to be wrong, by the way. I apologize. I hope I get a chance to explain why. It's not that gross. 
It's kind of gross. Some 70s hockey fans will really dislike our podcast when this comes public. <laughs> the well, one not, of them. You're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Steven, your turn. Who is Ian's favorite NHL player of all time? Oh. Oh, man, that's tough. Ask me that one. I know that. <laughs> you know mine or you know yours? I think I know yours. I was, say, I was hoping you'd know your own. Okay, this is going to be wrong. I could make it right. I'll decide. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a deep dive it's totally wrong but I'm taking a deep dive well Ian you have to text me too so I know you're no, answer oh that's right I'm sitting here being lazy just laughing <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm gonna hate myself so much <laughs> I do like that answer I don't even know if I spelled it right does that help <laughs> oh you did not, but you're, you're Yeah, close. I knew. I knew it. You're close. That, that's, that's not good. <laughs> All right. Your answers are in, so let's go to the next question. Ian. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go to Ian. What is Steven's favorite blues moment of all time? All right. And if there are multiple, just pick one. I was like, there's two, I think there's like two, but I'll go. Yeah. I gotcha. I'm glad you know all your hockey history, so I can just type really, like, semi-specific events, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It has to be one of them. If it's not, he's not a true fan. Are you giving multiple answers now? That's true. No, no, just the one. You only gave one. one. Okay, uh, so Steven, what is Ian's favorite NHL arena or favorite city the NHL team plays in except St. Louis? And also not including the Enterprise Center. So, if you want to give me city or you want to give me arena, whatever <laughs> your choice is. Okay. He's going to give you a BS answer. I know it right now. <laughs> I mean, I... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's wrong, but it's right. So. You should give you should give as many details about set plays as possible. It's wrong, but it's right. So you know, I'm going to. I mean. Take- this is a really broad answer, but because I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> That's even more confusing. All right, final question. And just to add to the drama, you guys are tied. Mm, excellent. I know which one I got right. So, uh, <laughs> all right, Ian. Who does Steven think is the best Blues goalie of all time? Oh, Wow. Yikes. <laughs> Who does Steven know? Like, go. Uh, <laughs> Who does he know? I like how that's the question. <laughs> you know, this is your favorite goalie, Steven. I don't even know if they're. I mean, I think this is the most impossible question to answer. <laughs> you know. You know who it is. You know who your favorite is. <laughs> There's some backwards questions. I feel like I'm trying to put an agenda on his <laughs> answers. Ian, I do like your answer a lot. You typed Freddie Braithwaite, didn't you, Steve? <laughs> Steve Mason. 
Uh, all right, Stephen, your final question. How many games did Ian attend the last season? You have to be within two games. Oh. Ooh. Oh, this is an easy one, huh? Maybe. I'm going to play it safe. Now I got to remember. Because I know what I think the answer is, but I'm playing it safe. <laughs> I'm going to say one because we saw each other. <laughs> we do have a winner. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. My heart's racing. I'm excited to know what the correct answers are. I know. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask, you know, his favorite band or, you know, but no. That was going to be a tiebreaker, actually. What your favorite band or beer was going to be. Ooh. Uh, all right. So let's run down the questions. Ian, you uh, your first question was, what is Steven's second favorite NHL team? Even what's your answer? Uh, it is the Philadelphia Flyers. And that know, was correct. I know it was unpopular. I I have a very clear explanation, though, and I think that's fair. When I was a kid, I, was, I just made team associations by colors. And so I, I loved the Blues and the Cardinals and the, the Rams at the time, obviously. But then, like, beyond that, teams that wore orange were really cool to me. Teams that wore purple were really cool to me. And so I loved the Flyers because they wore orange. And then I loved Danny Breer more than fish love water. And so <laughs> when he went to the Flyers, that was just it. And I just fell in love with him. That would have been my guess for your favorite player. FYI. Ooh. That would have been Breer? That would have been fair. I probably, if I'd had to gun to my head non-Blues player, I would have said that. But... All right, Steven, um, I ask you, who is Ian's favorite NHL player of all time? Oh, you no. guessed Andy McDonald. Mm, not Ian, even. what was the answer? Uh, Pavel Dimitra. Uh, when you said spell it right, I knew it. I knew it. D-E-M-I-T-R-A. There were two few vowels. So uh, right now, after round one, we have uh, Ian in the lead. Uh, so Ian, uh, we asked you next, what is Steven's favorite blues moment of all time? You guessed the Troy Brower goal uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. What is your answer? You know, if I'd given two, that would have been right. But I said the winter classic. Uh... <laughs> mm. And then, uh, Stephen, we asked, what is Ian's favorite NHL arena or city, not including the Enterprise Center, <laughs> or St. Louis? Your answer was? Minneapolis. And that's correct. That so, was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, once you said where you went to college, I thought, oh, man, he's probably going <laughs> to... That's an easy question for him. That arena's really nice. Uh, those fans are really nice. That team's a fine team. I do not like the wild. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after two rounds, we were tied 1-1. Ian, who does Stephen think is the best Blues goalie of all time? You said Curtis Joseph, oh, but the answer would, is... That would have been the right answer, but I said Grant Fuhr. <laughs> Grant Fuhr. Which means, since we have a winner, Steven, how many games did Ian attend last season? You guessed 13. I said you had to be within two. 
He went to 14 games. Ah, <laughs> that's why I played it safe. I knew it was probably more than the 12 pack, but very good. I, I went up one. So, Stephen, you uh, you barely edge Ian. Congratulations on winning the first bestie challenge in Let's Go Blues radio history. I'm so proud. I want you went nothing. By the way, I want to thank the writers that brought me to this point and somebody who's in my head. Somebody's brilliant directing that made it all possible. Francis Ford Coppola. There you go. He's always the answer. He's always the one to thank. Exactly. As long as it's not Harvey Weinstein. Okay, let's, uh, we're going to wrap <laughs> up here. Uh, guys, I really want to thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I think. A lot of people have been tuning in to my Chris Kerber and Strickland interviews and all those, but I think these are just as fun because we get to know the people behind the microphone. So I really appreciate you guys coming on. Before I let you go, I want to give you plenty of time to tell people how they can interact with you on social media, where they can find your show. And Stephen, I know you also do some uh, writing for the Blues. So where can they find all of this information? Are you suggesting we're not as famous as Chris Kerber or Andy Strickland? I'm deeply upset. You might have like, we will be. You might have like 10 we, uh, less followers. That's, we will be when we take over for Kelly Chase. It's a tandem <laughs> deal. both be in between the benches with Darren Pang. I'm telling you right now, it'll work. I can, I can picture that, and my God, that looks hilarious. That would be awesome. I would love it. Uh, to answer your question, we are the best place to reach us is on Twitter at two guys, no cup, all in letters. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm at Steven Ground. I think Ian's at ENA Peters, but we do most of our hockey stuff through that main account. And then you can find the show on iTunes or Google Play, download, subscribe there, or go through SoundCloud. We always link it on the Twitter. And I also write, as you mentioned, for the hockeywriters.com and we link all that stuff through Twitter too. So really just <laughs> go to at two guys, no cup, give us a follow, or if you're already there, just say hello. And we'll, we usually respond. We try. Cool. Well, thanks again, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, so Jeff. thanks for having us. So a big thanks again to Steven and Ian from the Two Guys No Cup podcast. Again, if you want to follow them on Twitter, they're at Two Guys No Cup. That is T-W-O Guys No Cup. And uh, you can also find their show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much wherever you get podcasts. You can check them out there. So uh, uh, good stuff. They're passionate blues fans and if you're wanting a different take than what you get from Let's Go Blues Radio, check them out after you check out Let's Go Blues Radio. Of course, a big shout-out to Smash and Gene Ackman for the use of their great song, Let's Go Blues, that you heard at the beginning and end of this episode. And a big shout-out, bigger shout-out, to the late Johnny Johnson for that wonderful piano solo that I make sure to include every episode. Twitter handles for the show if you want to stay up to date with the news of the show as well as uh, just, you know, the banter and fodder of your silly hosts of this show. You can check us out on Twitter. The show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Kurt Price is at Kurt Price. That's Kurt with a C. 
Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note, and you can find me, Jeff Ponder, at jponder94. Pretty excited about our guest next week. It's actually going to be Donnie Fandango from 105.7 The Point. Uh, those that don't listen to alternative rock or maybe don't live in St. Louis, uh, he is a radio DJ here, long-standing 105.7 The Point radio DJ. Uh, he's done mornings, he's done afternoons, he's done evenings, he does Sunday nights. He's been all over the place. Uh, just, a, a huge, just a huge blues fan, huge blues fan. Uh, he has John Kelly on his show from time to time. Actually, a lot. I think he has him on every week. Uh, so, yeah, he's just a huge blues fan and uh, just always talks about... finds a way to talk about hockey in all of his shows. Uh, you'll always hear him. I mean, even over the summer, you hear him talking about the blues and tweeting about the blues if you follow him on Twitter. Uh, so just a huge blues fan, and, and I'm very happy to have him on. Uh, we talk about uh, how he became such a big radio personality in St. Louis and just uh, basically his love for hockey. So looking forward to get that one out to you. That'll be next week, so you don't want to miss that, especially if you're an alternative rock fan. Well, I want to thank the guys from the Two Guys No Cup podcast one more time for coming on. I want to thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week on the next episode of Let's Go Blues Radio.